This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Good morning, it's just after 9 o'clock. I'm John Purcell and you're tuned to KCLR. This is the Bottom Line, KCLR's programme for and about business and we're with you until about 9.30 or so. Later in the programme, we'll be finding out about a local company that produces components for some of the biggest names in the auto industry. Mercedes, Porsche, Lotus, Rolls-Royce and Bentley, to name just a few. We'll also be finding out about Kilkenny Leader Partnership, who held their AGM during the week. But first, uh, it's an interview with Paddy Byrne. Now, Paddy Byrne with his three brothers, was the founder of the Burnside Group of Companies about 40 years ago. And last month, I was very honoured to be asked to MC the launch of Paddy's book, which is called From Kyle Hill to Pennsylvania. After that event, which was really special, I sat down with Paddy for a chat. I began by asking him what brought about the idea to write the book. I suppose, uh, John, it was uh, doing the family tree, that triggered it and you know I, I discovered a few skeletons back there <laughs> as one is one to do when doing family trees but it wasn't the only thing I admired my parents but my grandfather lost a farm for the love of a, a woman and uh, you know I, I, I was somewhat surprised because I thought that people who were dead three or four generations ago didn't have any emotions or feelings but I was wrong and they, I learned that and then my uh, some of my family urged me to put into book form the, the family tree that is yeah. and uh, I was six, I'm 65 years now working in industry because I started quite young in Keenan's of Town, which was a great place to great entrepreneurial spirit there they're long since gone as a company but um, I moved from there when, the, when there was a big strike about to happen and I moved to Irish Sugars Erin Foods and that's where I came up with this idea of the cabbage corer, which put me on the, on the track of rapid promotion. But before we get into that, um, you, you write very vividly in the book about growing up in Carlow in the 1940s, much different times and very tough. Very different times in the 1940s. I tell you, it was a tough time. I can remember still, the, I, I still can remember the chill blends on the hands. And my father was a, a thrifty man. He, he, he started out with next to nothing. I know he, he wouldn't take hay from the top of a stack in the, in the haggard, but pull it out from the sides. And we used to have to do that in the mornings. I still remember it as it was yesterday. And it, it was in, I think, 45 years ago to the day that you started the company with your four brothers. That's right. About 40, it's 45 years. That's right. To the day. Yeah. Now, the, the four of us started together because, well, there was a bit of a... A shemuzzle, I might call it, in Keenan Brothers at the time because of me helping out the competition down in Tullow. Um, and they, they thought we were hurting them by um, inventing things that would do things much faster, tenth of the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, we built them in the back of a chicken farm, which I had at the time, myself and my first wife. And she died with cancer, God be good to her. And, and uh, you know, that, that explains the cancer thing too. Yeah, yeah. But um, they, um, the lads found themselves out of a job anyway. They're the other three brothers. And um, 
for one reason or another. We said we'd start a business then and give them the two fingers, so to speak. <laughs> so 45 years ago, and now you have a family group of companies, you have a Japanese term for the, the structure, yeah. but you've over a 1,000 employees. Could you ever have envisaged that? Oh, absolutely not. We never planned to have a large company. We just built brick by brick. We were not one for um, high profile at all. We just kept a low profile always and built slowly but surely. And we went to Japan and Japan, and we went to Germany, of course, and we learned their language so that we could communicate with them. A couple of us learned their language now. And uh, we learned the Japanese way then. And Richard Keegan, by the way, was here tonight, who uh, is the link between the EU and Japan on world-class manufacturing. But I thought he wasn't here tonight. So he was here. And uh, so we mixed, we mixed with the right people. And you grew the business initially just in Ireland, then to the UK, then into, I think it was Scandinavia, then Germany, and then beyond. You've really spread all around the world with Burnside. Well, that's exactly how we did it, John. We, it, it may surprise you, but when we started up the business, uh, the sugar company uh, asked me to stay on for a year until to find a replacement, and it turned out to be four years. And someone here mentioned it tonight, who used to work over there and uh, they, they they were behind us and they allowed us to do it and I stayed inside so in a way I was an insider doing outside business but um, God be good to Maurice Sheehy who is dead and gone now he was a great friend and uh, the, this cabbage coring machine put me on the map and uh, even the General Costello the big general in Dublin who wanted to bulldoze everything through. He couldn't, he had no patience. And he, but anyway, he came and congratulated me and moved on. And he, he shook my hand, I remember well, and he says, I like young fellows who do, who do things. That's all he said yeah. and moved on. And um, many people would think that it's an unlikely success story, you know, an engineering business in the heart of County Carlow back in the 1970s. What have been the ingredients for such success? I suppose one would have to say it was um, the experience that I would... I was a good beholder on that, that my three brothers now who started the business with me. So I got a lot of experience in Keenan Brothers first and then in Irish Sugar. And they moved me along rapidly because of this little invention thing. Yeah. It wasn't much, but it was a key factor in launching the company because the other people that I had worked for previously, Keenan Brothers, who are long since gone. It had nothing to do with Keenan's of Burris now. Yeah. It, was, it was the forebears. But anyway, uh, we got experience. I had knowledge. And as Sir Harvey Jones, I think it was said, that you, you need to be good at something in this life, at least one thing. And I was good at what I was good at. And I made the best of it. And, and my, my el- next eldest brother was Jimmy. He was also... Uh, learned a lot in Keenan Brothers and he was a hydraulics man too but the other two lads are much younger and they took one third of the company only when we set up and I took one third and Jimmy took one third but then later on the company grew and grew and um, in 1997 I think it was we did a demerger and we each of us sorry each of us split our shareholding and put out against the 
wishes of IDA and Enterprise Ireland and the banks. They said that we wouldn't, that at least one of us wouldn't succeed, but they were wrong, and we stuck to our guns. So we were hard-nosed people, and we got that from our parents. I'd have to go back to my parents. They taught us everything we know, probably. Yeah. And um, what, what has given you the courage over the years? Because it takes great courage to take on the international markets and, and now your products over a million hydraulic um, cylinders a year are used in some of the biggest names in world industry they are indeed, we sell all over the world and uh, believe it or not there are several uh, blue chip, well in our case in the company in Tullow at least and in others too, there are either one, two or three in the market they are top notch companies, blue chip companies like Mitsubishi uh, Toyota even want to, want to deal with us they were coming to us now, not the other way around. And the family element of the business is quite remarkable. You've started it with four brothers. I think all of your children are working in some form or other. And then there's a huge number of, I don't know, is it 30 or 40 first cousins all working? That's an incredible achievement. You're in the third generation now. Something very hard to do. John, it's a challenge in itself to keep a family together in a family business. But... Um, I was looked at, I don't want to sound this to come out wrong now, but I was looked at as a kind of a father figure and I had no, diff- no great difficulty in keeping them together. But we did suspect in 1997 that maybe it was time to move along a bit and we got in help from the outside, a guy who had Swiss experience in family, um, uh, what would you call, uh, successions. Yeah that sort of thing so we got help in and I would say to anybody don't try to do it yourself get somebody who is expert at it and your success will depend on the people you mix with and the people you employ you should always employ people brighter than yourself Look, looking back over as you say 65 years in uh, engineering and business what gives you the greatest satisfaction I suppose it has to be a couple of things but one thing is to see that my family are as enthusiastic about the business today as I was when I was their age. That's hugely gratifying to me. Uh, I only go into work because it's my hobby. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't need to go there at all. But I'm very proud of them. And they're really good people. And they could go to anywhere in the world. And they're able to deal with these very large companies. Very big companies now, you know. And different cultures very different cultures. We started off, as you said rightly, in Ireland, then went to north of Ireland, did well there. All the people in Northern Ireland did well on both sides of the divide up there, even though it was the days of the Troubles. And then we went to England. Didn't go on so well there, I'd have to say, but it was the time of the Birmingham bombings and it wasn't a good time to be an Irishman seeking business in Britain. But anyway, eventually we got it and eventually, after three or four years of joining all the British organisations and everything like that. The, it was said that at the Royal Smithfield Show, which was the peak, the peak show in Britain at the time, it's gone now, swallowed up by the Greater London. But anyway, they said Burnside are all over the place. And I, I thought that was gratifying. So to be able to deal with people at that level. But now it's, it's uh, Japan or America... Or, or even China we send cylinders to China as well but I'd have to be honest and say that those cylinders that go to China are for international companies they're not 
Now, their Chinese cylinders are half the price of ours. Yeah. But the- you talk, or you write very vividly in the book about a journey you were taking in Germany with your daughter, and she said there's a long way to go, and that set off thoughts about the distance that your companies come. You now have a factory in Pen- Pennsylvania. It's been an amazing journey, really. It's been a long, it's been, it's been a long journey, John. A, a long time building it up, but we didn't do anything rash at all. It might sound as if we did, but we were quite careful guys and slow enough to move. But once we got convinced of something, we were determined. And uh, we had to learn German. I, I was 55 when I learned German. Never went to school after 14. And I had to learn it because it was a day-to-day... I learned it for business reasons, and my daughter Caroline learned it with me, and we travelled a lot together then over all the Northern European countries at that time. And we that must be a lovely thing to do to work so closely with your sons and daughters. It gives me great satisfaction. I work very well with my son, who who runs the business in Tullow. We get along really well, like uh, two brothers, really. Yeah. It keeps you down to earth. So I was reading about you were getting kind of almost sentimental over in America on the opening of your factory and he was eyes on the future and, and Pat chipped in he said look you have to pull yourself together now we, you, you might have been talking about individual companies but now we have, we're dealing with big companies now so we have to be a big company too to stand up to the negotiations and I, I'm really proud of one of my daughters who is really good at negotiation now when you get talking to those very large companies they negotiate down and down and down to the last cent and we've gone good at standing up to them Finally um, two very uh, causes worthy to your or close to your heart are the recipients of the proceeds of this book tell us a bit about that Well I suppose the, our, our whole family was ravaged with cancer uh, what two three of my siblings died from it and the others of us have had problems. I myself had my, I lost my bladder completely 14 years ago and I'm, I'm, I'm still okay. Um, so, and, and we all have arthritis. So that's the reason. So they're the two main, the two main book buyers of our lives. At 14, I was only 14 when I got this bout of what they call rheumatic pains at the time. And the doctor of the time thought I was going to get rheumatic fever and he put me in quarantine for six months and I, got, I didn't get to sit a single exam. So I have no, no qualifications whatsoever. Uh, PhD from the University of Life, I would think, Paddy. Something like that. The University of Life is solid and sound. Now, um, the experience, experience is everything, but relevant experience is everything the inspirational paddy Byrne there who along with his three brothers founded burnside a group of companies in carlo and who now employ over a thousand people a truly inspirational story and a great man i could have talked to him all night but unfortunately our time was limited you can get a copy of the book from kyle hill to pennsylvania um in all good bookshops in carlo the bottom line on kclr with john purcell brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. 
from uh, Burnside Group of Companies to Kilkenny Leader Partnership. This group uh, held its AGM during the week and a really impressive range of work was reported on. I caught up with Declan Rice, who's the Chief Executive of Kilkenny Leader Partnership, and as well as their role in promoting community development, I asked Declan about Kilkenny Leader Partnership as a business? We turn over 2.5 million a year uh, uh, from the company. That's the last year. Uh, probably be larger next year and uh, next couple of years. It varies depending on, on, on uh, I suppose, leader money. But yeah, we employ people uh, in a whole range of programs and they work, you know, right across. There's, there's not a community in the county that we're, we haven't got engagement with. There's not a parish that hasn't. Even if not all of them know it, we are there and we're thereabouts. And, you know, it's, it's it, from the point of view of business, it is, uh, you know, probably not recognised, but it, it does. It does. Um, you know, um, we're occupying, um, you know, a premises. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we have offices in other places as well. You have to have them. You know, this is the nature of this, this type of work. So we're we're sort of a, uh, uh, you know, in, in I suppose as much as anybody else, we're in the business. And uh, one of the big business trends is the pressure that retailing is under. And I noted in the report to the AGM, you outlined how there are actually 20 towns and villages that don't have a shop in County Kilkenny. Um, it's an area you've been active in. Yeah, there's 20, there's 20 communities, probably more than that now. That, that research is a couple of years old. And I'm sure if we went out again, we'd find more that don't have a commercial shop. Now, the t- t- tendency, and it's not a trend which is just happening organically, it's, it's supported by communities and ourselves as well, that there are uh, a couple of uh, uh, community shops we call it community retail they're often cafes tea rooms as well uh, famously Billy's Tea Rooms in Ballyhale and the Lakeside shop in uh, tea rooms and coffee shop in uh, Wine Gap it's going to become something which we're going to see more happen and it has to happen because the commercial businesses won't be able to go back into those villages they're not able to sustain an existing shop they won't be able to sustain a, sustain a new one yeah. Now, in talking to businesses over the years, broadband is a huge, uh, a huge issue. I was uh, amazed again during your presentation when you outlined ab- about twenty different uh, centres in Kilkenny that won't be covered by the uh, national broadband plan. Yeah, this isn't a secret. But people find it quite a surprise to, to realise, you know, when that, that famous map, which is uh, on the national broadband plan's uh, website, uh, it's coloured. Uh, it was three colours, but basically blue and amber. And amber is uh, where the money is going. And that's generally in rural areas, and that's as it should be. But that means that those rural areas will actually have, uh, on the current proposal, they will have fibre to the premises, which is the, is the ultimate future-proof solution. The areas which are blue, uh, if they're in the city of Kilkenny or maybe the larger towns, uh, you know, Callan or Thomastown, they have a chance of getting uh, fibre to the premises, the ultimate solution. But if you're in the likes of some of the smaller places, Kilmacow, Pilltown, it's not going to be a commercial case for someone to actually dig up the streets and put you in. So what we're trying to do is help people to help themselves. Uh, commercial concerns can't do it easily. Communities can do it much easier. You can get permission, from, you get permission to your neighbour to do something as you want to a large uh, you know, multinational. Yeah, now uh, food is a huge area, uh, of course, Kilkenny home to Glambia, but there's many micro uh, producers uh, and Kilkenny Leader Partnership, indeed, I remember the Town of Food competition uh, some years ago. You're revisiting your um, food strategy at the moment. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we're revisiting. We're, we had the first national, food, uh, uh, first county food strategy in the country and we, we in Kilkenny Leader Partnership we were the ones who actually authored it and, and led it and it was, you know, praised by all sorts of people and all that and it was a great thing. Uh, but like everything else, it's been uh, copied and imitated and also it needs to be refreshed. And we're trying to go back in a more focused way and look not so much broadcast a whole list of it. We want three or four major metrics which will drive that. And while you say we do have a lot of small food business, we don't have enough. 
really don't have enough. And I think we're thinking in terms of ourselves, can we do it in Kilkenny alone or we have to look regionally? And we would have concerns that some of the scale, you need to do some of these things. You can't do it at a county level. Now, the county is the first allegiance after the parish, not rural Ireland, as we all know. Uh, but maybe we're going to have to start changing our way of thinking and operating. I think that's going to have to have to be a way. So ourselves in the local enterprise office are partners in this and we're, we're working away. It's going to be a short, it's a short, sharp process. It's supposed to finish in the next uh, few weeks and we're hoping to launch it at, at the Saver Kilkenny Food Festival or in, on the margins of that anyway. Declan Rice, Chief Executive of Kilkenny Leader Partnership there, telling us about just some of the work that that organisation is involved in throughout County Kilkenny. Really interesting to hear about uh, um, the current state of retailing and what Leader are doing about it. And also, a bit sobering, we've heard it before, but uh, always sobering to hear the number of areas that may be excluded from the National Broadband Plan. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie Just before our last piece, uh, just quick time to look at just some things that may be of interest to people in businesses. Uh, Falch Ireland are launching uh, or having the next of no Kilkenny workshops in October. So if you're in the hospitality or tourist business you may want to check that out you'll get details on the fall to ireland website um a very big event in business and social and cultural life is the iverk show that's coming up in august hopefully we'll be covering that believe it or not while some think of silly season in uh, july and august uh, your local chambers of commerce are putting their thinking caps on for pre-budget submissions so if you have thoughts in that area perhaps you should get on to your local chambers of commerce and also during the week um carlo business awards were launched by uh, carlo chamber of commerce and so check out carlo chambers uh, website to get all the relevant details about um nomination dates closing dates and what you need to do a really great occasion which was hosted last year by our own emer Vrainon and it was a really top class event speaking of emer speaking of carlo uh, chamber during the week uh, the launch as i said was held in auto launch in carlo they're the company i referred to at the top of the program who uh, produce components for Mercedes, Porsche, Lotus, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, to name just a few. So in the course of the event, Emer caught up with Michael Hickey, who's the Assistant General Manager of Auto Launch, and she began by asking him what they do. Yeah, well, we do. We just do certain panels for certain cars. Like, you know, we do some work for Bentley, we do some work for Rolls-Royce, Austin Martin, McLaren, um, but we'd only do certain panels. Like, there's a lot of panels on a car, and we have... A portion of that but there it's highly specialized it would be highly specialized yeah you work um, a lot as well with young people i'm sure and training apprentices and that's very important to you um could you explain that to us as well because sometimes i think there's a big emphasis on third level for instance uh when apprenticeships can be superb careers for our young people well the way we look at it is like we done our apprenticeship in carlo ourselves and um, training is a big, big part of our thinking. Um, at the moment, we've had 60 apprentices go through our own internal training system, uh, along with Sullis, and we have 40 to 50 apprentices at the moment, um, at any given time, you might say. So, you know, you need the young blood coming through because none of us are getting any younger. And you, you have to have people coming through to keep your workforce age 
average down so that the new people younger guys are learning the trade and then they're there behind you to take over when you have to hand over the reins and it's very important Michael Hickey, the Assistant General Manager of Auto Launch in Bagnallstown, uh, telling us a bit about their uh, policy of developing new and future talent and an amazing number of apprentices trained in that fantastic company, which we hope to have more about next week on the programme. That's about all we've got time for on The Bottom Line. Remember, you can listen again, if you wish, on podcasts. Um, We are available through Spotify and shortly, or if not by now, on the Apple and Google Play stores. Next week, we'll be back at the same time. We'll have Bobby Kerr, the Kilkenny man with a national business profile. We'll have news on a big recruitment event, which is taking place in Kilkenny this week as well as more of course on auto launch if you'd like to contact the program you can email the bottom line at kclr96fm.com thanks to Deirdre Drummy who produced from me John Purcell until next week on the bottom line have a good one KCLR's bottom line brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie